Welcome to For the Honor of Podcast. I'm Lisa Straley. And I'm Tere Akover. I love She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix, so I nagged Tede into watching it with me. And I only agreed to watch it if Lisa would re-watch it with me and we could decompress our feelings on a podcast. As an update, we are now on iTunes and Spotify. You can also find us on our website, forthehonorofpodcast.com, and please check us out on Facebook. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Raz. This episode was written by Noelle Stevenson. The Netflix synopsis is, Glimmer concocts a plan to introduce Adora to Brightmoon, but it all goes wrong. Adora flees into the woods where she meets an old woman named Raz. So, what did you think of this episode? I feel like this episode brought up more questions for me about the background of Shira. Um, a little later on, Raz mentions something that makes me question whether Adora is the first owner of this sword, or if there was other Shiras in the past. Like, who is Mara? <laughs> like, how many owners were there before? Like, how many versions of Shira have there been? Things like that. Isn't that an interesting question? <laughs> Mystery. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Is this something that gets answered later on? Or it will it eventually forever? get answered. Okay. Good. Eventually. Okay. <laughs> I'm trusting in the show to answer my questions and not leave me hanging forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like, you know, they wouldn't set that up without a payoff. Okay. What did you think of Raz? <laughs> I liked Raz. I liked her accent, whatever kind of accent that was. I felt like she was playing dumb a lot, and she knows exactly what's going on. So Raz is actually, like, a really interesting character. She is also, like, a major archetype in the hero's journey. She represents, there's always either, like, a grotesque monster <laughs> or, like, a beautiful, like, ethereal woman who, like, provides information to the hero. Like, oh. wisdom, like the wise old man, like, Yoda type. And I really liked that in Raz. I really liked that the, like, grotesque monster was also, like, just an old woman. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Also, um, I just I just rewatched right now. I noticed when she was, like, jumping down from the first one's ruin that she's yeah. got hairy legs. Raz oh. doesn't shave her legs, and I'm here for it. <laughs> it's very authentic, this show. They don't miss any details. <laughs> yes. It also reminds me of, well, like, there's a few Disney movies where there's always, like, some old lady in the woods who just happens to be there to help the main character start their journey. Um, I think that was in Brave. I like uh, her in Brave. Though I will say, I think the old lady in Brave, I don't know how magic she actually is. I think she only has bear powers. <laughs> yeah, she has very bear-specific powers. But Like, oh, you want to be bigger and stronger than all of your brothers? Why not bear? You're not getting along with your mom. She's making you do stuff you don't want to do. Well, she can't do that if she's a bear. <laughs> You're really worried about your job interview coming up. Well, would it be easier if you were a bear? Apparently being a bear solves all your problems in life. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. That's the thesis of Brave for me. That's the moral <laughs> of Brave. Anyway, was it helpful or frustrating to you when mm -hmm. Raz illuminated the first one's ruin and it was like showing life to Shira, to Adora? 
in my perspective of this, she does actually know exactly what's going on. And she's just playing kooky old lady. Because she's like, oops, I illuminated the, the first one's ruin. And oh, look at the stars. Don't you remember, Mara? We used to look at the stars together. Yes. Okay. That felt like, do you watch Doctor Who? I do not. All right, of course you don't, because you're <laughs> watch nerd stuff. Um, but there's this episode of Doctor Who where reality kind of gets reset, and, like, planets kind of get, like, sucked into, like, a vortex and everything, and they, like, get disappeared through time. It's a real thing. <laughs> and there's, like, a little girl who, like, remembers, like, what the world was, and her, like, child therapist is, like, you know there's no such thing as stars. Because, like, the rest of, I'm not explaining it well, because, like, all of the other, like, stars and planets got, like, sucked through time. They got, like, disappeared through time. They all, like, burned up. Okay. Like, Earth is, like, all that's left. Oh. And so so there's no stars. And it just reminded me of the episode of Doctor Who, where Raz is like, oh, yeah, you remember watching the stars? And, like, Adora's like, what? Stars? That's not real. And then she does remember the stars. Oh, do you think there might be like a nod to that show in that scene or something? I don't think it's unintentional. Okay, because I'm starting to notice this show does have subtle nods to different things, especially later, or I think it was actually pretty early in this episode, we find a little stuffed animal that's actually a nod to the old She-Ra. Yeah. Okay. So like to put this like a little bit in order, I felt like there were three things going on in this episode there are like three plot lines um there's glimmer trying to introduce adora to her mom there's katra trying to like deal with adora being gone and there's adora meeting raz so like chronologically in the episode the first kind of plot line is glimmer trying to introduce adora to her mom and adora realizing that folks in bright moon aren't really going to be cool with a horde soldier Mm-hmm. And so she's chilling in Glimmer's room in Bright Moon uh, while Glimmer tries to talk to Angela. Also, I really liked and like kind of hated Angela the moment where she really likes Bo. Did you like, did your parents ever like, they kind of liked one of your friends a little bit more than you? <laughs> no, actually, no. I think my parents always disliked all my friends. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me neither. My parents totally love me more than my parents. So you resonate with this a little bit? A little bit. It felt like a thing. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, she's waiting in Glimmer's room with the... With yeah. this animal that I didn't even notice. I saw Adora with this stuffed animal and it like triggered something in my memory because when I was a child, I did see the old episodes of Shira. It kind of like sent me on like a little hunt to find out like, was this an actual character that they're alluding to from the past Shira? And it turns out, yes. I guess it's like a little mascot of Shira's that kind of kind of hangs out around her. Its name is Cowl because it's a combination of an owl and a koala. It sounds like a super adorable character. That's the cutest thing. <laughs> but it's like ears are kind of like butterfly wings. And then somehow they 
fly with these gigantic <laughs> elephant butterfly ears. And yeah, and he has a kind of a British accent. <laughs> I feel like I have like a vague mm-hmm. memory of something like that. Yeah, I feel like if you were to watch those old episodes and see Cowell, you'd be like, oh. I only watched the pilot of the old She-Ra. Oh. And I was not here for it. <laughs> so why didn't you like it so much? Um, why are they all Barbie dolls? I hate it. <laughs> why does Adora need fucking He-Man to, like, help her become a person? Uh, I don't Adora know. Adora doesn't have any agency in the old one, or maybe she eventually, I don't know. But yeah. I was not here for it. Also, even Shadow Weaver looked like a Barbie <laughs> doll. Like, why? Oh, Wait! Well, I mean, like, Shadow Weaver kind of had a body on her, but then you also, I don't think you actually got to see her face. You still don't and, see like, her, her face, answer, but like, it's like if you put a mask on a Barbie doll, and also <laughs> Glimmer, whom I know is this, like, short, cute, chubby, like, she's mm-hmm. also a Barbie doll that sparkle. Oh, I hated it. I watched <laughs> I watched the entire first season of the new She-Ra. Yeah. And then I was like, this is wonderful. I need more She-Ra. Yeah. And Netflix was like, would you like to watch the old She-Ra? And I was like, no, I would not. <laughs> okay, so searching for this butterfly thing and finding Cowl, it brought me to an episode of the old She-Ra. And watching that, I saw She-Ra, like their version of She-Ra, and her voice reminded me so much of Daria's sister, Quinn. And I noticed the characters had like no expressions to them. There was no like, I don't know, it wasn't like they were emoting at all with their faces or anything. And I feel like I need to give the show, that show, a chance because a lot of people do really love the old She-Ra, but it's hard. I think what's cool about the old She-Ra is that He-Man has a green tiger friend. Mm. Um, so that's cool. That's something that New cool. she doesn't have. Spoiler, there's not, like, a cool talking green tiger. That's disappointing. Well, does He-Man show up at all in the New She-Ra? No. I don't even know what their relationship is. I think he's her brother. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Folks can, like, write in and comment or whatever if there's, like, He-Man information that we should have. I think there's lots of He-Man and She-Ra original information that we should have. Perhaps we should... Should we have it? I mean, I don't know. It might, like... Yeah, because it's, like, little things like that they're hiding in this show that you might not have noticed when you watched it the first time. All right. I am open to He-Man information. And if I get convinced to watch it, then that's fine. So I have feelings about Angela. Angela? Yeah. That's the, the queen? Yeah, Angela. But I think it's Angela. Is it Angela or Angela? I think it is, because, like, she's, like, an angel. Uh, is she? Yeah, she's got those wings. Oh, true, she does have wings. Oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> um, She's a bad mom. She is a frustrating character. I don't really like how she treats Glimmer. I hate how she treats Glimmer. Like, your yeah. daughter's been missing. Mm. How is your first question as a mother not like, oh my god, are you okay? She gets mad at Glimmer so easily. She gets mad at her all the time. She can't do anything right. 
I feel bad for her. Yeah. Now I kind of understand her more. She was annoying me a lot in the first two episodes, and now I'm like, okay, 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 I guess I see where it's coming from. Oh, I have a question now. Yes. So what is this orb that floats above that little platform that recharges Glimmer? Do they ever explain this? They do. And it is, like, a major plot point in later episodes, but I thought, like, since we didn't actually know what it was called yet, like, in the show, um, that I wouldn't bring it up. But it's a a power crystal that princesses have. Interesting. And, yeah, Glimmer leaves Adora alone to, like, turn into She-Ra, so her mom will like her better and, like, not (laughs) Glimmer, which, like, mm. And Adora is having a hard time turning into She-Ra. Though what was interesting is, like, she keeps trying to, to turn into She-Ra for the uh-huh. honor of Grayskull. For the honor of Grayskull. And it's not working. And then she's like, Glimmer really needs me. Please let me turn into She-Ra. And then there's, like, the sword does, like, a little magic. And it hits <laughs> Corsi. And then he becomes fabulous. Do you have feelings about Swiftwind? I love Swiftwind a lot. Um, I love Swiftwind's hair. <laughs> it's very sherberty. It reminds me of Orange Sherbert, and I love that. Um, I love his Technicolor wings. He's a Pegasus and a unicorn okay. at the same time, so I love that as well. Um, he has eyeliner, clearly. He has very, like, <laughs> um, stylized eyes. I do love Swiftwind a lot. Yeah. I would love a little Swiftwind figurine or something. Yes. Right? Or like a plush. Mm Mm-hmm. So then Swiftwind kind of freaks out at being um, this new Shira version of himself. And then it gets Adora into a lot of trouble with locals. She's not having a good day. It is not her day. So let's talk a little bit about Katra. In the Fright Zone, everyone's talking about the new princess, and by everyone, it's, like, mostly Lonnie. It's kind of cute because in that scene, the um, big dinosaur guy is bandaging up the little guy. Aw, they do take care of each other over there in the horde. Yeah, just a little bit. They don't take care of Katra, but other than that. No, they treat her like garbage. It's like, why did they all decide that, yeah, let's treat Catra like garbage? And they're like, yeah, that seems right. What I thought was interesting is, like, Lonnie is, like, kind of giving us, like, a little recap. There's this new princess. Like, what's the deal with her? And Catra knows that the Mm -hmm. new princess is Adora. Yep. She kind of, like, squares off against Lonnie and then, like, immediately backs down. So, like, Lonnie and, like, the other Horde folks still think that Catra is a fuck up. Yeah. And she, like, doesn't want to correct that. Yeah, she lets them think whatever they want. She's kind of protecting Adora in a way, right? Does she, is she, like, actually, like, trying to protect Adora from, like, the Horde attacking her if they, like, knew her secret identity or whatever? I think she's keeping it close to her chest. I don't know exactly why. Yeah, and even, like, when Shadow Weaver's like, you need to bring back Adora, she's not super forthcoming. Also, she doesn't trust the Horde people. She knows that she's a scapegoat. Everyone treats her like garbage. She understands that that's just the dynamic of the situation. That's what everyone's used to. So she doesn't feel that she owes it to them at all. She's not going to give them anything. I would feel like you would kind of, like, redeem her if she was like, yeah, and Adore is this princess now, and she's the one who yeah. took down this battalion. Yeah, it would help her out in their, that situation, seeing how she's still in the Horde. It would help her. But you gotta remember from, like, the last two episodes, 
I can't remember what happened. Um, Adora said something like, hey, the Horde is the bad guys. And Catra was like, yeah, didn't you know that? So she doesn't feel any loyalty to the Horde. So even though she's still there, she doesn't feel like she needs to um, prove herself to them or make herself look good to them. She's still just trying to survive in that situation. She doesn't yeah. want to. She doesn't want to endear herself to them. She doesn't care. She doesn't like them. Yeah. When Shadow Weaver threatens her, Catra yeah. is like, yeah, Adora defected. I might do that too if you're not nice to me, which like good for her. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Way to stand we up to an abuser. If only Catra would in fact defect from the Horde. I know. And run away and be with Adora and like yes. join that. Group. It'd be a better show, I think. Well, no, probably not. I it, don't know if it would like, be a better show, but it would remove angst. Yeah, I think that tension of them caring about each other without really expressing it and being on opposite sides causes a lot of, like, drama for the show and yeah. interest. Yeah. I just, I don't fully understand Katra's motivation. Like, if she's so, yeah. like, the Horde doesn't need me, like, yeah. I don't need the Horde, she can go with Adora. I guess there's, like, an in-between between, like, not, like, not wanting to abandon the only home you know and... Yeah not wanting to give up your best friend slash girlfriend. She has that ego and Adora chose these new people that she doesn't even know yeah. over Katra. She didn't, but that's how she feels. So she's kind of like stuck between two difficult positions. Like, am I going to swallow my pride and leave for Adora, even though she chose these new people? Or am I going to you know, start caring about the horror when I know that they're the ones that are the problem in this whole situation. Yeah. Poor Catra. Poor Catra. She's definitely my favorite character now. Like, if I was wishy-washy about it before, I just feel so, so much for her, you know? For her lying down on her bunk. Yeah, her little drawings and... <laughs> also, I liked she had the little drawing of her and Adora, and she yeah. gave them both angry faces, even in like her cute little drawings. Because they were pretty mean to each other, even though they really liked each other, they treated each other like not great. Cool. So Adora, she has been chased by Bright Moon soldiers. She's got the sword. She doesn't know how to turn into Shira. She's chasing after Horsey, who is now Swift Wind. <laughs> yes. And she stumbles through the Whispering Woods into Raz's house, who mm -hmm. seems like a crazy old lady who is obsessed with fairies. And when she first meets Adora, she calls her Mara mm -hmm. and says, there's no time to waste. Let's get going. Which sounds to me like she's giving her a quest and I am a <laughs> for a quest story. And Adora's like, I'm so confused. I don't know what the right thing to do is. It's a good thing you have been given this quest to figure out what the right thing to do is. And uh, Raz kind of gives her that the answer is within you speech of like, I can't tell you what to do. You know what to do inside. <laughs> but like she did it in like a really great way where like she like hops through mm -hmm. the first one's ruin under the pretense of looking for berries. Right. And she like turns on the hologram and yeah. says, you remember. And then Adora does remember mm -hmm. when she was a baby and she remembered stars and gives her the little exposition. Like there used to be princesses who could fight back the horde, but yeah. they don't do that anymore. And again, under the pretense of picking berries and um, it kind of, both of them, you know, kind of 
reminds Adora that, yeah, this is wrong. And I know that I should be fighting the Horde. And then she finds her purpose and finds it within herself to turn into She-Ra. She realizes that she is willing to fight for the honor of Grayskull. So this time she transforms into She-Ra by her own will. She can transform when she has the right reason to. She needs to, like, remember why she's doing it. Because she's a hero, so she has to have a true intention, like a true purpose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. She has, like, a confident purpose now. She knows exactly why she needs to, and that's when it works. Yeah. She's (laughs) able to be She-Ra, and so she was able to present herself to Queen Angela. Um, She acknowledges the the harm that the Horde has done, and she says that she wants to correct it, which I think is an excellent example of good allyship. Like, yeah, Yeah. come to the fight, but acknowledge the harm that you have done. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And work to correct the harm that you've done. Yeah. And like a good ally, Adora hasn't ever herself, like, decimated an Ethereum town, but mm-hmm. people that she's with and who raised her have, so exactly. she has to work to correct it. Exactly. She's accepting the fact that she was part of the problem, even though she didn't do these um, actions herself. That is a very um, poignant message, especially with um, issues dealing with race, acknowledging that you're part of a group of people who have done a lot of atrocities. And exactly. also, you know, it's easy for, like, some white folks mm-hmm. um, to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm an anti-racist ally now. I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. And still refuse to acknowledge the harm that white people have caused. And, exactly. like, mark yourself as culpable. So yeah, exactly. That's, like, a huge component. Mm-hmm. Accepting concepts of white and light skin privilege and like not speaking out against it is also part of the problem and yeah i wonder if they did that on purpose do they think that the show is touching on these things yeah that's not like unintentional also in that scene um queen angela uh likes another one of glimmer's friends more than glimmer <laughs> another one Adore. oh Shira. <laughs> Poor Glimmer. She she will never get the um, approval that she's looking for from her mom. Or does she? Does she ever get it? Who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say? (laughs) Okay, okay. I hope so, because she deserves it. She would be a lot less annoying if her mom didn't, like, hold out her approval so much. Sorry, did you have more feelings? Oh, I just wanted to talk about um, Adora's transformation scene. Have you ever seen... Uh, Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does it remind you a little bit about those, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, magical girl animes. Like, they all have kind of, like, a transformation scene. It's just really pretty and sparkling, and I love it. It's basically what I'm going with. Like My my favorite um, magical girl transformation scene is from the Power Rangers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, you know, when, the, when it's morphin' time, and... <laughs> They go from, like, being, like, a normal, uh, color-coordinated teenager. Yeah. You know, getting in their Power Ranger suit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite Power Ranger? Oh, I was so the pink Power Ranger. 
Really? I was so the pink Power Ranger. Wow, um, my parents actually dug up like an old like notebook from first grade. Like my babysitter's son like had one of those like label makers and he put uh -huh. like a label on it that said Lisa is the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> when I was three, um, I really wanted to be the pink Power Ranger for Halloween. Yeah. And my mom, could, we couldn't find a pink Power Ranger costume. We couldn't even find like a pink Power Ranger sewing pattern. So oh. mom found a yellow Power Ranger sewing pattern and mm. got like a bunch of pink felt and she stayed up until like 3 a.m. the night yeah. before Halloween making sure I could have my pink Power Ranger costume. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> she was up all night to make sure I could be the pink Power Ranger. She like turned it into like from the saber tooth head to yeah. the pterodactyl head. That's so sweet. That was my magical girl transformation moment. I liked the yellow Power Ranger. I liked her because I thought she was cooler than the pink one. Because the pink, didn't she have like a little skirt or something? And I was like, she wore You know what? I think, I think their Power Ranger outfits, their like yeah. uniforms. I think both the pink and yellow Ranger had like a little skirt. Did like they? on top of the pants. I feel I think. like the yellow one didn't and the pink one did. And I liked the yellow one. I thought she was cute and she wasn't pink. So I just, I liked her way better. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was three and pink was very big for me when I was three. I'm sure it was. <laughs> pink was everything. <laughs> it very much was. So the last scene, mm -hmm. Shadow Weaver brings Katra to Hordak and Katra <laughs> is terrified. But Hordak is just like, what do you mean you've been wasting all this time looking for one soldier? You still don't have a forest captain? Look, you've got this girl right here. Promote Catra to forest captain and carry on. Hordak, I feel, is the only good boss in this entire show. <laughs> Why? Because he's the most decisive person in that organization and is not, like, ruled by emotion like Shadow Weaver seems to be? Yeah, like, he's, like, focused on the mission of the horde yeah he he's not here for like petty drama he's not trying to like get in a fight with anyone he just wants to get the job done which like yeah. honestly like yeah like why is shadow weaver <laughs> wasting all this time oh i gave you a special mission to retrieve adora you're wasting horde capital seriously looking for this one person and like hordak was right he was like Hasn't Catra also been your protege? Hasn't she also right. been your mentee? If she's not up to snuff, it's your fault. Shatter Weaver just keeps Adora around as a punching bag. And then she's like, oh, you want me to actually, like, utilize her for anything other than that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Promote her. She's been doing this just as long. She's just as good. We need a force captain. You've been wasting all this time without a force captain. Just promote her. Yeah, but seriously, what is Shadow Weaver's deal? Because she's really obsessed with Adora when you think about it. And then really just keeps Catra around to, you know, bully. So she's the one really creating this scapegoat and golden child's dynamic. Basically, Shadow Weaver sucks. I don't know. Yeah. Shadow Weaver's the problem. Yeah, so if only Shadow Weaver wasn't so shitty, then <laughs> perhaps none of this would have ever happened. But also, then probably Adora wouldn't have, like, run away from the Horde and, like, discovered a sword and become She-Ra, so. 
Everything okay. happens for a reason. So on that note, thank you for joining us for our third episode. You can find us on forthehonorofpodcast.com, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm Lisa, and you can find me on Twitter at L Straley. And I can be found on Twitter at Azulibere. Join us next week for our fourth episode, Flowers for Sheila.